Welcome, everybody, to a Black Friday edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast brought to you by FanshareSports.com. Head on over to FanshareSports.com today to check the pulse of the industry, see who's going overlooked and who will be overowned to help you set your daily fantasy lineups. All right, guys, the Thanksgiving slate is in the books. The Thanksgiving holiday is in the books. It is time to buckle down and finish this season strong. I hope everyone had a solid slate yesterday. I was kind of, you know, I had a lot of uh, teams with the nuts going into the late game, you know, just like had Anthony Miller, uh, Josh Allen, Cole Beasley stacked up with a bunch of players left in that late game, but the late game kind of disappointed. So, um, you know, doubled up on a lot of teams, uh, like min cashed here and there. But uh, no no monster hit, which is upsetting, but you kind of had to have uh, the early games stacked up and then faded Kamara, Thomas, uh, Ginn, Cook, those guys that were pretty high-owned. Um, an interesting slate for sure. Okay, so this week, uh, I think we... It's not going to be a week where um, a 2v2 is going to decide it all. Uh, the last few weeks, the pricing has been so tight and there has been so few obvious values that um, lineups were really overlapped because everybody's lineup construction was leading them to the same builds minus uh, like a 2v2 swap. And, you know, choosing the right 4K receiver or the right defense was deciding entire contests. And I don't think it's going to be that way this week. I think there's enough variety, uh, enough value and enough dissension among the top studs on the slate that lineups will be a bit different uh, a bit unique in your cash game contest okay so right off the bat I think Andy Dalton being put back into the Bengals offense uh, as a starter is a good thing Um, you know despite the fact that the Bengals have just been waxed all season Dalton he, he he was a decent fantasy producer when he was in. He had a bunch of uh, solid games. Um, I think he had, I think it was 21 or more fantasy points in half of his starts. And I mean, this week he gets the pass funnel Jets defense who have absolutely stymied the run and have allowed teams to throw on them. Um, could Dalton come out rusty and, you know, go 200 and one touchdown? And only put up 12 DraftKings points. Sure, but at 4,700 where he sits right now, just think about that. 201 touchdown is 12 DraftKings points. And at 4,700, I feel like that is probably his floor. Um, And whereas, you know, his ceiling against this Jets defense uh, in a game that they're probably going to have to throw uh, most of the game, because I don't think they're going to be able to get Mixon going, he has a chance for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns, which puts his ceiling, you know, closer to 25, 30 fantasy points. I think he is a, a viable option if you are trying to jam in some studs at running back and receiver. Uh, from there, I think it's either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes if you're paying up. You know, <clears throat> this 49ers defense is good, but they just surrendered 
two 25-point fantasy games, basically, to Kyler Murray. And, you know, Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback there, obviously, I'm going to be going to see all year. Um, they struggled with Murray's athleticism. They struggled with corralling him in the pocket. So I think that the same thing could happen with Jackson. Um, the only issue I do see here is the weather might be um, a little bit rough. So keep an eye on that. And I still think Jackson's in play, even if it's a, a torrential downpour. Um, but I might be paying down a quarterback if that's the case. And then there's always Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, fourth worst fantasy defense in terms of points allowed to quarterbacks in the Raiders, uh, you know, he just slices them up. He he went for 404 against them in week two, and that was without Tyreek Hill. So um, <clears throat> if you're paying up for quarterback, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably uh, just, a good as play, just as good of a play as Lamar Jackson this week. And if you're paying down, it's Andy Dalton. Now, there are quarterbacks I like in between there. There's some quarterbacks I love in between those two price ranges, especially for tournaments. Jameis Winston has gone over 300 yards basically the last eight weeks. Um, Sam Darnold gets a great matchup on the other side of Andy Dalton with this Bengals defense. And even Kyler Murray, uh, who I just mentioned, tearing up the Niners defense, Gets a home matchup with the Rams, and I could see him having a big day as well. I'm at running back. I think this week it's really going to be tough to fade Christian McCaffrey in cash. Not that I have at any point this year, um, but this week in particular, there aren't a ton of plays at the top range that pop out. You know, I mean, Leonard Fournette has a tough matchup. Um, Saquon Barkley hasn't been doing much, although I like those two for cash, and we'll talk about them in a second. There really hasn't been uh, a week like this where, you know, there's no Dalvin Cook, there's no Ezekiel Elliott, um, there's no Alvin Kamara. So there really isn't much competition for McCaffrey in that high range. He he has 28 touches per game this year. I mean, the Redskins are bottom five in um, fantasy points allowed to running backs. They, they haven't given up 100-yard games a ton, but they do allow a ton of catches and uh, you know, they have a pretty good pass rush, so I could see Kyle Allen dumping down to Christian McCaffrey a bunch, and he hasn't come off the field in two of his last three games. He's playing like over 95% of snaps for the year. It's just, you don't even, at this point, I don't even have to mention him on this, on this podcast. He's basically just a cash game consideration every single week, and if his price is going to be capped at 10-5, um, that makes it all the more enticing going forward because we won't have to worry about him getting up to, you know, 11 or even 12k. Uh, Leonard Fournette, um, you know, he's been a he's been great uh, over the last few weeks. Um they decided that they were going to really pound the ball last week uh after they got away from him the week before and he's been unbelievable in the passing game. You know, he's just racking up the targets. Uh so I think, you know, his carry and target share and his goal line work make him a cash play here. Obviously, the Buccaneers are one of the top defenses against the run and one of the worst against the pass. So, you know, most people are going to be targeting Jaguars pass catchers here in cash and tournaments, and I think that's a great option. I think all three of their top pass catchers really could see a ton of work and have smash games. Um, but Leonard Fournette is definitely a consideration based on the fact He's gotten so many targets out of the backfield the last few weeks. You know, they're not replacing him on third down and Foles. And even before that, Gardner Minshew were not afraid to check the ball down 
to him. So I don't think he's going to have a monster game in terms of in terms of rushing, but he'll see all the goal line work and uh, his total yards plus his receptions will probably allow him to get there. And then, I mean, look how far uh, we've fallen here with Saquon Barkley, 7,400 against the Packers team that has absolutely been torched by the run um, in the past, too. Their defense just has not been good. We saw Christian McCaffrey a few weeks ago have a ton of success against them. Um, they've allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. So, you know, Barkley is in play as well at 7,400. He might not see a ton of ownership because of how sketchy he has been. But I think I like the game script here for him as well. If the Packers can really put it on this Jets, uh, excuse me, Giants defense, we could see elevated uh, receptions out of the backfield for Barkley, which is kind of what he's been missing and kind of what he, where he made his money um, the, the last two years. Uh, from there, it gets dicey. Uh, Miles Sanders, I would say, is one of my uh, cash game considerations as well. You know, he's playing, in a ton, he's playing a ton of snaps. J.H.I., even with two weeks under his belt, only got in the game for a few touches, uh, saw six carries for 16 yards, which is nothing great. And then obviously we know that the Dolphins' defense just allows gobs and gobs of fantasy points to running backs. So I think Miles Sanders, he may be a little bit more of a tournament play, um, but with the lack of value on the slate, I think we can consider him for cash this week as well. Jonathan Williams at one uh, $100 less than him, uh, you know, has had two straight 100-yard games. The Colts are feeding him. He looked bad in the first half last week, and they, they came out and just kept feeding him. And they got him there. He's catching passes out of the backfield. I think he's put 4.5 fantasy points, uh, tacked that on to his total through the air on average over the last two weeks. They'll be without T.Y. Hilton. They'll be without Eric Ebron. Uh, so I think Jonathan Williams is someone that we can look to as well. And then I just, as I'm recording this, I just see that Damian Williams has been ruled out. And not that I think LaShawn McCoy or Daryl Williams are great plays, but um, you know they may provide the necessary value that we need, especially I think Sean McCoy, LaShawn McCoy. Um, you know he does if he's gonna if there's gonna be extra work to go around. He could potentially be um, a tournament play, and if you're really hurting, a thin cash play. What I what I actually think this week, uh, guys, I think it might be a week where we only play two running backs in cash, and that happens very seldomly. Um, but there really isn't much in the way of getting three running backs in here, and I'll tell you why in a second. It's it's because that wide receiver. There's a 7K play in Devontae Adams that I think I am going to try to jam into my cash lineup. He has seen 11 targets per game in the last three. The Giants are bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. You know, there's no clear-cut stud aside from Christian McCaffrey on this slate. So I think Adams will be a decent pay-up option at receiver. And with all the work he gets and the lack of studs around him or lack of options, I should say, around him on the Packers, he's just going to be fed the ball in this in this uh, matchup with the Giants. So I like Adams as well. You know, Tyler Boyd looked great last week. His The quote-unquote squeaky wheel got greased. And I don't think A.J. Green will be back for this. Andy Dalton will be. Um, pass funnel Jets defense. He is a great play. Christian Kirk at 5,700. Um, he could see a little bit of Jalen Ramsey, but Ramsey's allowed over 70% of targets thrown his way to be caught. And Kirk is the only receiver seeing any volume on the Cardinals. So I think he is in play as well. Um, 
And then I think we can target some Dolphins and Jaguars. You know, Devontae Parker um, has been absolutely solid. I think there's going to be a week where he puts the yards and touchdowns together. He hasn't really done that this season. He either gets like, you know, 90 to 120 yards or he goes for 50 yards and a touchdown, which has kind of limited his ceiling. But, you know, that 100-plus yard touched it, plus a touchdown or multi-touchdown game is probably coming. Um, I think Alan Hearns is in play because it looks like Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson won't play. And then on the uh, Jaguar side, I think all of them are, are cash considerations, especially D.D. Westbrook at 5K. You know, he's back in the saddle seeing close to 10 targets per game. Chris Conley has a hamstring, which which worries me. So I think he might be off the board. But if he's 100%, he's also in play at his salary. And I think DJ Chark may be a little bit too expensive for cash. Definitely a tournament play with his upside. But I'll avoid him in cash um, because, you know, with McCaffrey and, and Adams and then potentially Mahomes, um, that just eats everything up. Uh, I might be able to get him in if, if I drop down to Dalton. We'll see. Um, there's not too much value at wide receiver beyond that, but I do think that Zach Pascal at 4,700 um, with T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron out uh, is a definitely a consideration. And then last week we got duped on Demarius Thomas, uh, he actually came down in salary. He's 3600 He got a, a raw deal last week with a bogus. Uh, they called one of they called this touchdown back. They said that Ryan Griffin screened uh, his defender, which was not the case. He was just running his route and just kind of, you know, rubbed shoulders with him. So, uh, you know, that's kind of uh, where I'm at at wide receiver. Tight end is awfully ugly this week as well. Tyler Higby at could be min salary with no Gerald Everett. He saw five targets last week. That was huge. Um, didn't do much with it, but if he sees that amount of targets at 2,500 this week against the very friendly Cardinals uh, defense to tight ends, I think we could go with Higby. A lot of people are going to be on Jack Doyle with Eric Ebron out. He's just a catch and fall down guy. You know, he needs a touchdown to hit value. I think we can get value with Higby. You know, Higby can go 5 for 50 and hit value at 2,500. Jack Doyle's probably going to need a touchdown because we're not going to see like an 8 for 80 week or a 7 for 70 week out of of Jack Doyle. I just don't see it. Um, He's he's looked slow. Um, He's a great possession tight end but he hasn't really produced and he doesn't have the the athleticism of of an Eric Ebron or even the touchdown equity of an Eric Ebron so I think I would actually rather Zach Pascal um, as a wide receiver one instead of Jack Doyle as a tight end in this situation and then just come down to Higby if Gerald Everett sits um, we could also look to Darren Waller. I think he's a great play without Hunter Renfro uh, Gruden mentioned that he should he should soak up some of the slot snaps of Hunter Renfro this week. So we, I think we're going to see a lot of Foster Moreau and Darren Waller on the field at the same time with Waller in the slot. Um, he currently has the most, the highest target share on the team. And we could see a, you know, a throw mode from the Raiders as they try to catch up to the lightning uh, quick Chiefs offense if they jump out to a lead. Okay, from there, uh, the defense and special teams, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten, I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of, of defense and special teams over the course 
of this season. Um, they've actually bailed me out some weeks. And this week, I think, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people on the Browns because they feel like they're going to tee off on Devlin Hodges. And, you know, with no James Conner, most likely no Juju Smith-Schuster, most likely. Um, the, the Steelers are just a wreck on offense. And the Browns have looked really good um, over the past few weeks. They Obviously, they're missing a few players this this week uh, because of everything that happened against the Steelers two weeks ago but in that game they they sacked Mason Rudolph four times picked him off four times um I just think they're a really good point per dollar play I also think the Chiefs are going overlooked here um the Raiders are you know fraudulent at this point you could say um the Chiefs you know, their numbers don't look good against the run, but I don't know how much the Raiders are going to be able to run in this game. I feel like the Chiefs are going to build a pretty insurmountable lead early. Um, so if you think that that's the game script, if you think that Derek Carr's going to have to drop back and throw 45, 50 times because the Chiefs are up in this game at Arrowhead, this is a great spot for a $2,700 Chiefs team. You know, they should just be able to rack up sacks. And, you know, the Raiders have been pretty good at avoiding uh, sacks this year. Carr hasn't taken a ton of sacks, but it's because they've been in pretty favorable game scripts and, you know, they run the ball a ton when the game is within reach, right? If they're ahead or if they're, um, you know, within a touchdown or so, they like to run the football. They like to establish the run with Josh Jacobs or, you know, dink and dunk. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I think the Chiefs are going to have a, a, you know, a two or three score lead quickly and they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Um, <clears throat> then there's like, I mean, I think there's a lot of good defenses on this slate. You could pay up for the Panthers. They have the biggest discrepancy in defensive line versus offensive line um, play on this slate. I think they're more of a tournament play since they're so expensive. Um, we just found out Drew Locke is going to start, so I think the Chargers are definitely in play. They're going to get Derwin James back too, and the uh, Broncos have some injuries on offense so that's definitely in play and then I think we could pay all the way down to the Cardinals defense who have been you know getting after the quarterback as of late I think they have like an average of almost four sacks a game over the over the last month they've been really getting pressure on Patrick Peterson's back and the Rams just look dreadful Goff doesn't Goff doesn't look comfortable and you know they're just struggling on offense so I think all five of those defenses are in play um but for the most part, it's really uh, the Browns and the, the Chiefs that I like for cash. The other ones are more tournament plays. All right, so the, I'm going to give you the core four right now, guys, because it's, it's the middle of the day on Friday. I don't know how much is going to change in less than 24 hours for me to do another podcast tomorrow. Um, and I probably won't have time to do it on Sunday. If something drastically changes, I will fire it up and, and go through a, a Saturday or Sunday update. But as of right now, this will be the main and only podcast for the Week 13 main slate. Uh, my core four are going to be Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Tyler Higby, as long as Gerald Everett is out, and Andy Dalton. Um, you know, it, uh, like I said in previous um, podcasts, paying down at quarterback 
for uh, you know for a non-mobile quarterback has been a mistake in the past, but I think at 4,700, it's really tough to see Dalton fail. I mean, unless he gets injured or they they put Ryan Finley in in the second quarter and you know just say Dalton's you know not the direction that we're going in for the rest of the game or for the rest of the season, which I don't think they'll do. You know, they're starting him in this game after a few weeks of the Ryan Finley experiment. I think they're going to let him play out this game. Pass funnel Jets defense. He's pretty mobile himself. You know, he's been known to rack up 20 or 30 rushing yards a game. So I think Dalton at 4,700, we can um, count on him to at least 3x his salary. But I could definitely see him, you know, reaching 25, 30 fantasy points as a ceiling in this game which would absolutely just be a smash value. Um, and with, uh, with the trying to, to fit in some other studs at other positions, I think you know, the gap from Dalton to Jackson and Mahomes is narrower than you know, the gap from, let's say, Devontae Adams to having to play someone like Alan Hearns uh, or Demarius Thomas, or someone with you know a similar price discrepancy. So after I played it all out, it looks like you know paying down for Dalton isn't a bad idea. Um, like I mentioned on the last podcast, uh, it seems as though two lineups, or at least splitting your cash game bankroll, uh, divvying it up and not having it all on one lineup, it might be the way that I go for the rest of the year just because of how difficult the salaries have been. Um, so we'll see. Maybe I create a lineup with Jackson or Mahomes uh, and drop off of, you know, Devontae Adams or something like that and play three cheaper receivers. Should be a fun slate. We should have, uh, you know, a lot of fun going forward. No buys. So uh, I look forward to full slates that are, you know, a bit more exciting uh, down the stretch here. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody went out and got some Black Friday things, or not, if that wasn't your thing. You know, it's not really my thing, but my wife went out and probably spent four figures today, uh, and to smooth it over, she actually came home with uh, a massive TV, which I really didn't ask for, but, you know, I think that was her way of kind of smoothing over uh, the fact that she spent a ton of money today, Uh, so... Yeah, that'll do it for the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week 13. Uh, We'll be back on Monday with a review, some Monday night showdown uh, strategy. Until then, good luck in all your contests on Sunday, and I will talk to you in a few.